ladies, folks, and gentlemen. Welcome back to part two of the trial. At this point, the defense has done a pretty good job at debunking the prosecution's claims. But now it's time for the defense to fully make their case. Will Edgar Ross exit the courtroom a free man? Or will he be sent to the gallows? The trial starts up again very soon. And a reminder, the fate of Centralia and myself hangs in the balance here. Sorry, Edgar, but I kind of need you to lose this. Just to... It's nothing personal, okay? Alright, boss, who do we want to call first? Hustleist. Well, let's see. We've got, in no particular order, we need to save me for last, but let's talk to Joseph. Let's talk, let's go Joseph, quick. See if we need to call Butler. Maybe we don't have to. I think we might be fine, given the current state of the case. Joseph Butler would like being called. Yeah, Doc Vitya me. Alright, uh, yeah, Doc and Vitya for last as well. Yeah, and you gotta put me at the very bottom. My job is to finally let me address every question. Oh, sorry, Wisp. I get Wisping quick backwards because they sound very similar in my head. That's fine. I don't know. Syllable. Wisping quick. They're both fast things, you know. <laughs> uh, Alright. Yeah, personal relations and you lost. But who first? I say we call up Joseph since he was there and he has the most relevance to the case as it stands. It's a good opening statement. Well, not opening statement, but you know what I mean. Opening witness. Really opening witness. Off, yeah. Really start off strong. Strong abroad. Just go for all sides. And we can just get him to sort of say everything that happened, why we did it. So the moral reasoning behind it. And uh, specifically, you know, uh, talking about, you know, the uh, vampires who were in the New York PD. Jeffrey's going to be big. He's going to be big. All right. And what do you want to ask him specifically? I think it's important that we ask Jeffrey. What? What is it? Describe what happened amidst the crew during when we just when we were planning to let vampires, let innocent vampires, you know, go or, you know, what were we planning? at the time. What was that night like? Alright. Oh, here goes nothing. You called off Yekwishka? Indeed. And 
he enters and though he has dressed up for, uh, for the occasion uh, uh, in uh, a finer suit than you saw, he, uh, saw him in last time, it, he also looks on the haggard side. He looks like he's had very little sleep, uh, like he has been fairly stressed out. His eyes are bloodshot, he looks a bit pale. Uh, uh, his shoulders are a bit slumped. However, he also looks like a man who's had a great weight just lifted off his shoulders. And like there's a part of him that's genuinely happy to be here and has been looking forward to this, no matter how beaten down he, he seems. And he, he comes and takes a seat. And naturally, you are the ones to lead this time. So, I think we agree. Like, we'd be, I think we begin by asking him to describe uh, how we reached the conclusion for what our crew did and why we decided to do what we did. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to start with? I think it's important that, like, we lay out the crew's perspective. We had the chief's perspective. Let's talk about the crew. Let's not deny that anything didn't happen. Let's kind of work with, you know, why did we do it? And explain why, you know, like, you know, this was, you know, very much a defensible decision that we could be protected under. All right. Yes, yes. Sure, we'll do that. Right, so indeed we ask him the way crew reacted and how they came to the decision to do what they did. Yeah, Frishaw begins to talk and says, I think. I think our team really had an advantage uh, going into this because we have a vampire in our team. Uh, she she was really good at her job. She was a, a really good cop. Uh, she knew exactly what she was about. Uh, she wouldn't have hurt a fly. Uh, I can promise you all that and swear on any book uh, you want me to. You'd never have heard to fly. And I think that let us enter the vampire war with a perspective of vampires are they're still human, right? You we have plenty of vampires assembled in this hall here today and uh, obviously the vampire rights act past to watch the end of the war so it, it, it's clear we all think they're people at least to some, some varying degrees but they're, they're people we just got to uh, got to that idea a bit quicker than anyone else and uh, that was good for us uh, where, uh, whereas most people could just go around and be afraid for something they didn't understand we felt like 
we got it. We got that this was just people who wanted to have a chance to to just be safe, to just be part of society. And we thought we had the opportunity to offer them that. So, uh, as I'm sure uh, Edgar will tell you in his uh, in his own statement later, I, we did vigorous background searches. And if we had any reason at all to su suspect that they were not suitable to relocate, we'd never have done it. However, most vampires are law-abiding citizens. I'm sure you, you're all able to see that. And that's the stance our team took. And sadly, that meant we couldn't keep our job and that some awful things had to happen. But that was the reality during the war, wasn't it? We all lost things. Indeed. I think, boss. Yes. We threatened to talk about a few of the vampires. Yeah, we don't need you to like, Nagel, like, we don't need you to like describe like each of these incidents, but just like having Jeffrey, a witness, describe like the vampires that were rescued coming from him would mm -hmm. be better than Edgar saying it. All so right. It'd be coming from a different source. <laughs> Too bad you don't probably remember any cases in particular. Can we just kind of get like a passive acknowledgement that uh, we, we coax him to just kind of like talk a bit more about some of the cases in particular, give a description or two? Yeah, you encourage him to talk about some pa uh, past cases, and uh, he talks a bit about a, a vampire couple the two uh, the two of you helped fairly re uh, fairly recently turned who uh, just wanted to be safe, uh, who felt no loyalty to vampires, who uh, still felt human. Indeed, the. Uh, the woman of that relationship ha uh, had been a former uh, mil uh, military uh, woman herself uh, and fought against the vampires. And it, they, neither of them liked, liked what they had become and just wanted to make the best of it uh, and thought it was wisest to go into hiding. Finally, finally boss, and I think this is going to be the big one. Delivering the coup de grace. This is going to be a big swing here, and I want you to hear me out. All right. Uh, I don't want like everybody in talking about this one. We need yeah. Shab to explain why he ratted, and to explain that specifically that it was because of this situation, and because of the fact that the police, that the department was basically, you know, threatening people with death or just rat that he was put into an impossible situation and was forced to compromise his morals for the sake of his own son. I think if he tells the court that and we kind of frame it as look at how cruel the police department was while we were trying to do the right thing, we get a lot of brownie points. <laughs> a lot of sympathy. 
but it's going to take Shab to a really dark place. You want to do that to him? I think it's fundamental to the case. Uh, all right. He didn't want to do it, but he was put in an impossible situation that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Edgar looks at a, just thinks about Natasha for a moment. Thinks about his, thinks about, you know, Tatiana. When he's kind of proposing that idea initially. To be sure that this is really the last question we'll you were asking for now, as he will most likely be emotionally unstable after this. Yeah. This is probably this is the last question we really need out of him. But if you have any other questions, I think come up with them now. Like speak out, you know, say something. I can't think of anything. Alright, we described your motivation, that of your whole crew. Uh, da -da. we could back the statement further that you did indeed arrest vampires or criminals well, if this needed. Back that up too, yeah. All right. Uh, are there any fancy terms for that? I think so. That we did, in fact, arrest vampires who broke the law. Sure. All right. Yeah. Just ask him that indeed if he could indeed confirm that there are also vampires who they arrested. And do we also want to know how your numbers compare to the rest of the police department? Oh, you know what? Let's bring that up. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Of course, we still caught vampires who were guilty of. Uh, varying levels of actual crimes. Uh, uh, and there are reports of that, uh, which I'm sure are readily available, should you wish to see them. Um, however, I do have to admit that our numbers were probably smaller than the rest of the department. Of course, that's only natural since we were busy saving actual lives. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. Let's be <laughs> gentle with him. I don't want to do this to a man, but all right. We have to ask this. The prosecution's going to bring it up. I can guarantee you that if we don't bring it up, prosecution's going to do it, and they're going to frame it in the worst way possible. Yeah. How do you want to ask it? Hey, how about your son? We, I think we need to begin by just, like, we would approach by, finally, and feel free to take your time with this. I understand it's emotionally difficult. Can you please go into why you had to inform the police about these operations. I think that's the best way to phrase it. We have to be very delicate here. Extremely. All right. But Let's it's do important. It. So important that we get this right.
Let's go. Yep. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Why are you no. <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. We in most delicate that Elias can manage. I'm not sure how delicate it really is. Uh, nope. But he asked behind his reasons for indeed leaving the cause, so to speak. He looks like he knew uh, this question was coming, and like this was what he was dreading, but also what he really wanted to say. And he says, "I, I was responsible uh, for." Telling Chief Wilson about uh, our team, but I only did that because I needed someone to testify, and they knew they they knew I had a son, and they knew I'd be going away for a long time if they managed to catch me for it, and. I have told Edgar how, how, how sorry I am for this, and I'm only sorry that I can't tell the rest of the team, but I needed to be there for my son. I needed to be there for my son, so I told uh, I told the department was uh, Edgar and Sarah and everyone else had been doing. And they took, they, they took them away, and I, I had the chance to go free and it was worth being uh, being with my son, but there's not an evening where I don't struggle sleeping because of what I have done. Because what we did was the right thing. It was the heroic thing. It is what we all should should have been doing, and I I forsook that. And and he just he he just breaks at that point and begins to cry. Jack uh, Smith very quickly interjects. We'll adjourn the session for for a while while the witness calms down. That's correct. Would it maybe be smart if you show that you did forgive him? Just to I, wreck up the sympathy points. I was planning on doing that anyway. Uh, during this small recess, yeah, Edgar... Uh, Asks if he could approach the bench and just brings over a tissue box to him and just consoles him as a fellow, you know, brother in arms. Uh, he, he looks to be appreciating that. Uh, however, while the court adjourns, I am going to have a brief be right back. So I say five minutes, then we begin again. Okay. All right. Five minute recess, monkey bars! <laughs> I should probably get a drink, but I think I know who our next witness needs to be. We need Emma Stern Emma. up next, folks. Yeah. She's the witness from the park, Elias. Ah, All right. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm using Nagel's break to kind of start thinking out what we're going to do. <laughs> but yeah, no. Emma needs to be next. 
We just basically need her to just describe our interactions with her. That's really all we need. No specifics, just another witness for the stand. Yes. See yeah. if the prosecution has anything they want to dig up. <laughs> but look, Elias, we're winning. We're doing real good, it looks like. It's, doing it's it. going well. It's, it's actually going well. <sighs> I wouldn't cheer before the curtain has falls. Oh yeah, I wouldn't uh, cheer yet, but like... We are winning the battle, but the wait. war is still yet to be decided. Yeah. I hope everyone is having fun with this, because obviously this is a rather weird... Yeah. <laughs> weird oh, thing. It's very much better than I thought. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually really cool. Uh, like, albeit fucking terrifying. Please stop throwing snake hallucin hallucinations at me <laughs> at bad times. I'm fragile. Madeline no. is the only one tapped into vampirism. Why would they stop? <laughs> I mean, valid, but can you not have it so I'm about to, like, cough up a fucking boa constrictor in the middle of a courtroom? Because I'm pretty sure that's... Pretty sure there's problems with that. Out of order! That woman is coughing up a snake! That's not allowed! Where's I'm the sorry. flamethrower where you need one? Just pay no attention to me! Carry on! <laughs> Catch me talking like I'm on Bluetooth! Oi! You! Sit still! I'm in the middle of a court case! Where the <laughs> fuck are your parents? Who are your parents? <laughs> Am I technically your parent? <laughs> I'm gonna call Child Protective Services. <laughs> if that's the case, this is your mother talking. Shut the fuck up and let me do this. No, I, I don't think you wanna call them. <laughs> I mean, we do give children flamethrowers. <laughs> You're a bad parent, Edgar Ross. Yeah, Edgar, how could you? Looks at Elias deeply. <laughs> and just because we can't have a session without at least one meme, let's go with that. <laughs> oh, I said yes. He's got no teeth. <laughs> He's just oh, a just Wouldn't it be funny if, like, this. Enormous, terrifying hallucination snake just turns out to be like the size of a shoelace or something. <laughs> oh no. It could still be fairly long. Yeah, it, it could be a tapeworm. No. Yeah, oh god, oh god. No, no, no. Oh god, my stomach. What, why do you think? Why do you think she disemboweled herself, you guys? I'm eating for two now. You mean? Also, yeah. can we talk about it. how Nagel keeps changing their name for every person? Yeah, <laughs> there's really no need. It's a good touch. Yeah, <laughs> it helps me remember the names. Oh yeah, because, because you're complaining that there's too many names, so now I. Just... Yeah. Really no, you I mean, especially since we're like we're dealing with a bunch of recurring characters, and it's easy to get them crossed. Yeah. Then how do I do it? 
So you're the GM and you have a working roadmap of everything. We're just kind of like drawing our we'll notes go. together and piecing the I, I, lo I look forward to showing you my notes and supposed working roadmap. I, 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 I await the day I come over to your apartment, sit down and go, show me your notes, Nagel. I have no physical, almost no physical notes. I have like, yeah, very little physical notes. You're some kind of inhuman writing GMing machine in that case. I, I, I mean, I have computer notes, but I have no physical uh, notes. I was also, say, what the fuck? I'm guessing Nash, if he uh, were to drop by Nagel, he would have tried to look for the notes while Nagel was at the toilet. I would have like gone, gone through like all of your books and it's like, ah, here's the notebook. I have finally, oh, it just has whiskey. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Back All on the road. Right. Shall we continue? Let's continue? I think we can. I'm ready. Wait, did we decide uh, the next person yet? Well, the prosecution's no, the prosecution's going to want to ask Jeffrey a few questions before you let him go. No! Well, once Jeffrey has calmed down for a bit. Um, Alfred Pearl steps up and asks, I understand that these questions are very trying for you, uh, my good sir, but they, they have to be asked. Now, you, you express some guilt regarding this, I understand. Jeffrey uh, 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 is not said that. And it says, uh, uh, and Alfred continues, is it not true that you're in fact guilty of the same crimes that Edgar Ross himself is? Yeah, for sort of, yeah, I suppose if you want to call them crimes. Uh, Alfred continues, so you'd so to say have a vested interest, one could say, in Edgar being proved innocent in this. And Jeffrey looks a bit uncomfortable at that point and goes, I, I wouldn't say that. I've already been I've already been freed from such charges. Uh, and Alfred uh, continues. Yes. Uh, of course. Uh, you're of course able to object. You haven't done what grounds? <laughs> <laughs> this is all very case relevant and there's really no leading of the witness going on here so stupid laws of course so it would be a way to ease your guilty mind then you'd say yeah for goes yes uh, yes it would objection okay your honor is the prosecution implying that my, that the witness is lying right now for the sake of for the sake of his own benefit? If he is telling the truth to relieve his own guilty conscience, is is that not what he is doing right now? Is that not the purpose of court? Uh Jack is fair goes. 
the defense raises uh, a good point. What's your answer to all this, Alfred? Uh, Alfred Pearl says, yes, while it's true that the purpose of this course, uh, court is uh, at least partially to ease guilt, uh, guilty consciousness, I do think there is a curious point to be raised here, uh, Jeffrey Schaub, and that is if you have gone so, uh, if you have been willing to be silent about this for so long, what has caused you to speak out in Edgar's defense now? And Jeffrey says, "Well, he he came to uh, came to speak with me and." I, I just couldn't be silent about this anymore. Alfred goes, ah. So he came to speak with you. I find that highly interesting in the manner that I'm sorry, given Edgar Ross's history. I have to know. Did he offer you any deals for coming and speak out here today? Jeffrey, of course, look, doesn't look very happy about those questions. And he says, no, no deals precisely. Uh, and of course, Alfred pounces straight away. He says, what do you mean precisely? Well, uh, as it's known to quite a few of you, I'm um, working for Walter Quick right now. And I am going to be needing uh, another uh, another job when or uh, when this is all uh, through and uh, Edgar Ross simply promised that he'd of course help me uh, and we have a history of friendship so that uh, I'm sure uh, any of you a friend would do the same to you Alfred Pearl nods and says yes of course no no further questions and here it That could have gone far worse. Yes. Indeed. At least there's some admission of like, at least the fact that it's like, we gave him job security. What is so bad about that? This time though, it is putting your character in a bit of a negative light. This time, Elias, your oratory or half your influence will will be opposing Alfred's Oh, here we go, boss. Remember, we still have a chapter luck point. Uh, cutting through them so quickly. Well, if there's any time we should use it, it's during this trial, that's for sure. I also think it's fair that since Elias is the one doing most of the roles, if, if the other people in the group want to ship in with their luck points, I can let them 
spend two luck points to let Elias use one. Oh, I, 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 I need a whole bunch of mine in particular, but let the others do that. But I if I may, no is it possible for me to make an argument that I was helping out there and that I could offer, like, you know, the or my oratory or my influence to aid? Or mm. if you're a defendant, I can't do that. I accept not, that. Uh, not really, no. Huh? No, uh, not really. That's fair. Uh, I, 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 I can go into why I do that mechanically after the session. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 no. I understand. I understand. But yes, give me a roll, Elias. All right. As far as we know, no, you might not even need a light bulb. Indeed, I don't. Indeed, you don't. But uh, Alfred succeed, uh, succeeds higher than you do. Oh, uh, God, it's it's very 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 even between you. You do notice a bit of a hubbub, uh, hubbub between the juries. Uh, two euros especially seems to be in a, a rather rather deep disagreement with one another. Uh, but it still seems like it's very 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 even between you uh, and. Some people, especially that last bit about deal making, has been coming back again and again, uh, and you do notice how that's sticking to some of them. Hmm. We'll need to address that in my final testimony. Do write it down, but final testimony is still way way away. It is, but I think I'm working on, on an argument about that. And my current hunch is something along the lines of I do this to propagate good. I do this because I am a naive optimist who wants nobody getting hurt. Ask any of the character witnesses who came to the stand and they will tell you that I'm trying to make sure everybody can win whenever possible. And we can get to those arguments more once we get there. But what's the next witness you want to call? Uh, let's call uh, Emma Stern. Who's with me on Emma Stern? Yeah. If everyone's fine with that, you can call Emma Stern. All right. The elderly-looking vampire... Uh, comes up to the stand. She looks very skitterish and nervous. Hmm. What do you want to ask her? Okay. <sighs> so we know that the prosecution's really going to hammer home on deal making. So I think, aside from telling her. Hey, what was your initial interaction with the crew, Edgar Ross, etc., etc.? What we need to hit on is we need to think of some way that we can frame the deal we made with her to look more as an act of charity and goodwill. All right. Um, yeah, what I said before, didn't we give her the housing after the fact we already got what we came for? Indeed. Was it part of the deal? 
The apartment wasn't part of the deal. We gave it to her just because we could. All right, this is a very strong argument. Out of kindness and generosity. In addition, we agreed to take on her case, not because she wouldn't do it otherwise. She probably would have anyway. We did it because... We did it because this person was needing sympathy, was in dire straits and desperate situations, much as she was before. It's a demonstration of, of Edgar's nature continuing into the present. Yeah, it, uh, it will make it clear to most everyone there's a trend going on for sure, so that's good. We can't deny the trend. Let's spin the trend. Well, the trend is in your favor, I'd say. If we can, if we can just pitch it right. All right. Uh, yeah, let's start again with the uh, same question as last time. What were the circumstances at Edgar? Amber describes the scenario that the four of you already read a bit about of how she was transformed to a vampire. She pretty much lived on the street because uh, she she doesn't want to drink from uh, any people at all, especially uh, unwilling people. Uh, she readily professes to that she, the fact that she's a bit of a, uh, uh, that she's more than a bit of a coward. Uh, it, it's all things that have been mentioned in previous sessions, so we don't have to go through all of that again. That's the gist of what she says. All right. How now, do we want to continue? The night of the park. Describe the interaction with us at the night of the park. All right. Bye. Set. The, the these. Fine people found me, and I, 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 I must profess I was very, very happy to see see Mister Mister Ross again. I, I, I think I hugged him. Uh, I, I was very happy to to see him. He he saved my life, as uh, as I made quite clear. Uh, and he, he, they. Uh, very kindly, and I, I think reasonably as well, asked me if I was uh, willing to uh, testify. And uh, uh, I said that while, I'd, uh, while I would have loved to, I, uh, it, it, it's not that I'm in, in, in trouble with the law or anything, but I'm sleeping, uh, sleeping on the streets uh, uh, or uh, in a small bunkerish uh, building, uh, really uh, mostly, and that's troublesome. Uh, was troublesome even when you were, even when I was a uh, human. That was troublesome because it 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 does get you sort of in the cops' um, dirty books for doing that. And I, I, well, I want. Uh, wanted to testify that uh, they offered that they'd be willing to protect me and that they'd, they'd be standing up for me and 
Well, they, it, it, it was something I re really wanted to do. Uh, uh, and I trust them and they gave me some place where I could sleep for the night. What uh, was it in a bunker under the ground? She's finished that. Right. Um, you mentioned how we came to you for testimony. What would you say um, would have been the bare minimum for you to testify for us? To to feel safe. And if I may follow this mm -hmm. up, just to ensure that the order of events are correct here, we did, in fact, I will make it known to the to the court that we offered to defend you in case if anything came up in in court that would be relevant. It was only after we did that you agreed to testify, and then we offered you the my my old apartment to to live in after we had already after we had already convinced you to do it yes mate i would just like that to be noted for the record i take a brief note at the stenographer yeah any more questions yeah, I spare us. It seems not, Alfred Pearl. Mm -hmm. uh, Alfred Pearl rises and he uh, he sort of gives Emma a pitying look, which she sort of shrinks under. So you agreed to testify for Edgar Ross, and in return, they would protect you if you were taken to court. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. And you were also given an apartment. Yeah. Yes, sir. No further questions. And he goes back to take a seat. See, uh, and he gives the jury a meaningful look, like he just made he made his point. You think that at the end of all this. This was about as helpful as it was hurtful. You don't think much really came of it. Uh, the jury still looks to be in pretty wild disagreement about the whole thing. Well, a hung jury was more than I expected. <sighs> I thought you were the positive one. I was. All right. 
I think it's very important then that we make sure that when we call uh, Wisp up to the stand, that we really, really emphasize the fact that he was already my friend before any of this came to light. Or no, that might just make him biased. That would question his authority. Uh, I was about to say. So okay, if that's really an advantage. So we're calling him to the stand as a journalist who was collecting the accounts of the events. And we just want him to be as factual as possible. That sounds more useful. Right. Let's go up or tune this, buddy. You call up uh, Leonardo Wisp, and uh, there's a few impressed looks from uh, uh, from the more minor members of the audience, and uh, as well as from the uh, jurors. Uh, and he goes on and goes up, waves uh, waves a bit to people and takes a seat. Leonardo looks casual even at ease in this setting. I'll begin with the usual. Wisp, can you please re recount the information that you have gathered about Mr. Edgar Ra's blah 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 blah. Just get him to you know give his factual journalist account of the events that occurred per his research. Uh, is that uh, what Elias asks? That sorry, yeah, yes, yeah. Because Elias is still the one who sort of leads this. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I faded out for a second. No worries. Well, he begins and says, Well, according to my research into all of this, which was admittedly this, uh, sparse, there's uh, not written about this since it's happened during the Vampire Wars, and of course the police department wouldn't be very happy to report that uh, one of their own was taking the other side. Uh, still, there are some articles to be found, uh, some reports I could get a hold of. And I'd say it portrays Edgar Ross as an upstanding man who did the right thing, even as it went against the law. I've been listening a bit on uh, what's been uh, uh, what I understand have been said in here today. And I must say that I absolutely agree with the assessment that. Edgar Ross did nothing wrong here, uh, and, uh, and the Vampire Rights Act was installed soon after. And had Edgar Ross just had the fortune of being incarcerated, but a year later than he was, he, he would have gone free. No, no questions asked. He, 
what what he had done would have been uh, uncovered. He might have gotten a small slap on his fingers, being like, shouldn't have done that. That's illegal. No, you. But then he'd probably have gotten promoted, let's be honest. Because this is where we are now. I think it's important to commend him for that. Okay. What can we follow up with him on? Like, we need to, like, let's put our heads together here, all of us. What do we think the prosecution's going to try to pull? For certain, they're going to bring up, are you friends with Edgar Ross? <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't so forget to put Ronda. So how can we mildly preemptive preempt that Rhonda, you got any ideas on top of that like uh i, I opened that line up as well since this is going to be a bit of like where we're stuck right now in terms of convincing the jury well he is your friend mm-hmm. i didn't recommend bringing in the media <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's true fair enough but we're in this situation now so help us Uh, well, if you don't want to lie, I am not sure how you're going to twist. Uh, he is your friend and writing superhero articles about you. We need to find a way. I got it. Oh, no. What do you have? What are you thinking? We can't get his opinion, but we can get other journalists. Recall that he said, and I quote, that there were uh, that he read other articles at the time, written at the time. So, if we can just ask him to present some of those articles. It's important, vital evidence that the court must receive, since it's official documentation from other sources, that would eliminate his bias out of the equation if he just reads those art, if we can just like have those articles read off by him. Give time for review, et cetera, et cetera. So if we ask him, is it possible for you to present some of those articles to us, that could do the trick. All right, so if I get this right, I want him as journalists to bring in or to articles who are in support of Yeah, or at least just the articles he used in his research. Oh, hmm. If, if he can present those, present his sources, and not his own claim, we all of a sudden get some more we get some more legitimacy points since Edgar couldn't have manipulated the opinions of those journalists. Sure, Wisp, but the source but the other sources don't take into account Wisp's opinion. That's a smart way of going around it. Could work. Ta-da. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Damn 
Well, if you don't time travel, travel is always an option. <laughs> and always a solution. <sighs> Damn wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. <laughs> I mean, if you can't disprove it. <laughs> What? Sir, that's the Chewbacca defense. You can't do that. <laughs> the Chewbacca? Uh, all right. Explain reference it later. To a, reference to an actual thing lawyers say. It's based off of a South Park episode. Uh, long yeah, story. We'll, we'll, we'll do it, it at some other time. Yes. Yeah, ask, indeed. Ask the question. All right. So, Elias asks... Well, uh, uh, that he said that he uh, saw other articles talking about as well as mostly, uh, and if he could show some of the sources of this. Why I'm happy that you uh, that you ask. Of course, I can show uh, show you my sources. As it so happens, I have most of them with me and. If someone can just fetch my bag and take the articles out of there, uh, feel free to pass them uh, along to the jury. Uh, uh, as well, just to anything else, uh, anyone else who wants to read them, most of them are remarkably good reads. And he'll explain a bit about the articles. Sadly, many of them are from my, uh, minor websites or uh, newspapers or uh, blogs. Those who dared uh, to have pro-vampire articles uh, despite the age uh, they were written in. Uh, so this, there's no major credence to them. However, it's the also sort of the only thing that has been written about the event at all. And it need be pointed out that there is a significant number of these, if I'm correct. Uh, there's quite a few, uh, fr uh, from, a f uh, from quite a few different sources. Now, uh, for the sake of, for the sake of clarity, uh, were there any other sources that you saw that you wish to bring up now? Anything that may or may not, anything that uh, you that you may not have cited in the paper, but thought were worth bringing attention to? Might be a good follow up. Mm, right, I see no problem with that. Beat it. There were a few uh, articles uh, that gave the usual spiel of a uh, corrupt officer found uh, ha uh, harboring illegal vampires, which is... That's what most of the major uh, news outlets that reported uh, on this shows to say. Um, obviously, that what they were expecting to say. And uh, I would just like to make this clear. This was released upon when the crew was discovered, correct? Uh, not when 
when, you know, the execution dates were being decided and not when these events were happening, when these events were happening. Yes, indeed. In the time, yeah. And you could find no connection between those articles and our and our crew and the crew directly. None that I am aware of, uh, and unless you traveled often out of New York, uh, I don't see how you could have put on that pressure, at least without some shadowy, shadowy Illuminati organization backing you up, which I think is frankly ridiculous. Sure, hope so. No further questions, Elias? No, I think we're good. Alfred Pearl comes up and, as expected, uh, says, I understand that you are a friend of Edgar Ross and have worked with him in the past. Leonardo says, Yes, of course, I, I work with a lot of people. He is uh, or have been a private detective uh, up until recently, whereas I am a reporter. Uh, there is a natural state of give and take between us. Uh, Alfred Pearl sort of goes up and did he ask you, uh, ask you to publish art articles that you have published? Uh, whereas Leonardo says, uh, I have a journalist's integrity. I, he told me he had a story. I asked him to forward what he had, and I decided it was good enough to publish. And that's really all there is to it. Uh, Alfred, uh, at this point, do seem uh, a bit annoyed uh, with his uh, fairly coy answers, and asked, would you agree that Edgar Ross's actions uh, at the time were illegal? And Leonardo whispers, so I, I don't see how that's pertinent to the you know, current line of question at all. Object. The witness has a point. This seems irrelevant. And in addition, the, the jury has been presented with the exact sources the that the witness had presided, allowing them to make up their own opinion. This is clearly leading the witness. I have to agree. Uh, I have to agree, Paul. Is this going anywhere? Uh, Alfred Paul just gives a frustrated sigh and says, "No further questions." You see, that one clearly went in the favor of you all. Uh, there's a lot of nodding and pointing at the articles they've been uh, given uh, and reading as the uh, four of you have the chance to agree on which one of you should be up on the stand next, because I think it's time for that now. It's time. All right. Doc or Vitya? Uh, uh, I think Doc is best. We should go from most connected, though, uh, least connected to most connected. Fitya is 
well, almost a co-parent. <laughs> and in Let addition, me. at this point, I really should not be intervening, because if I do, it's going to look bad. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I think Madeline, Vicha, Etka. Yep. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks. So, Madeline first? Yep. Yep. Seems that way. Madeline is called to the stand. How does she look as she does so? What does she project? She is trying with her cast iron willpower to project an aura of indifferent calm. She doesn't want to look like she's emotionally invested in the case. She doesn't want to look as though she's leaning one way or the other. She's trying to present neutrality. So there's nothing he can pick at. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Elias will be the first one asking questions. All right. How do you know as Goros? <laughs> well, we met at a gathering hosted by Nick Schilling two months ago. Uh, right. Did you have any previous relationships with Edgar Ross? Nope, I didn't even know he existed before that point. Thank you. Uh, uh, gonna need a little bit of help. Next question. It has to be something about Edgar's behavior and decision-making, but I'm not sure how to word it. Nash, help me. Ooh, that's good. Could you describe Edgar Ross to the court? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that for the you know just for the for the sake of being friendly. Okay, I mean, I'll do my best. As I said, I haven't really known him for as long as the rest of you. Based on what I've seen every day since we met, I would have to say that Edgar is a very morally centered person. I don't honestly think I can name a single time where he's acted without at least considering everybody's best interests first. Just for the sake of argument, could you give an sure. example of um, an action he did that describes him the most, as you would say, his morally correct way? Objection leading the witness. <laughs> you can't counter object. How <laughs> dare you? That is true. You can't put positive adjectives in the question. Ah. Uh, Jackie Spears says, 
Alfred Paul has a point here. Can you rephrase that question, Jackson? Uh, could you describe an action at Rostook that um, is most exemplary? Is the word exemplary. you're looking? For. That's the word I'm looking for, indeed. Uh, uh, now, lost my train of thought. No, you basically asked what action would, what thing have you seen Edgar Ross done that you think is most exemplary of his behavior? Hey. Well. I believe. Taking on the case of Tasha Hay exemplifies his thought process perfectly. He didn't agree with her on a personal level. However, it's his belief that everybody, right or wrong, has the right to be heard fairly. And I believe he's correct in that. Thank you very much. Anything further I cook all Is there anything I still miss? Hmm. Let me think if there's any good questions you could probably ask her. Can you describe a time Edgar Ross helped you? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not sure if that's a great argument. Seeing as you uh, make it seem like you're really good friends, I believe. No, yeah, that would be a problem. We need her to be a piece yes. jack here. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, pow, 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 pow. Is there anything else we can get out of, out of this? Mm -hmm. uh, does it seem like Do you, do you oh. have any other remarks about the defendant? Sure, open-ended question. Do you indeed have any other remarks about the defendant? Objection, what kind of question is that? <laughs> Damn, Edgar, why didn't listen to you? Uh, are we all going, are we going to recall all the other witnesses and ask, please tell a story about the defendant? I feel oh. like I should object and say these are character witnesses and should be espousing to Edgar Ross's moral stability, but uh, I can't do that. That would look very self-defeating. Oh, why? All right. Concede to his objection. Show that we're reasonable. We... All right. If you want to, it's up to you. You could indeed ask about Natasha. You could indeed ask about Natasha. Madeline and Fitcha know her best. And it would fit the... And it would fit the bill regarding... regarding... But again, even mentioning or... Natasha opens up a kennel of worms. But it... we have to remember, the prosecution can't raise too many questions about that. It's irrelevant to the case. What's more important 
is that if we bring this can of worms up, that this does affirm uh, Officer McKenzie's theory. Or at least imp gives a possible solution to it. As a consequent, we could easily get... As a consequent, while it might be a slap on the wrist, it is something. However, uh, Elias, you're going to need to talk to uh, Rhonda a bit, I think, because I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> well, first off, I want to ask Rhonda if we even should bring up Natasha. As have been mentioned, I think that's a bit of a can of worms. I'm not sure it's a good idea to bring her up if we can't present her. All right. In that case, unless you really object, Esker, I think it's better if you don't. Right. The fans have no further questions? I don't think we have any further questions. Nope. Alf uh, Alfred Pearl uh, steps up. Looks at you, Madeline. Die for your life. <laughs> Dr. Harold. You say that you have known the defendant for two months. That's right. During these two months that you have known him, has he at any point broken the law? Hmm. To the best of my knowledge, no. Uh, I think that's a deceitful. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good choice. <laughs> nope, nope, I can do this. No, oh, I'm not even <laughs> sure Elias can pull it off. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely mad. Could have done something. Ooh, ooh, I will make a statement on that. Do I have may to I remind you may I please you use murdered people? May I please use that line? Oh. Let me make this roll, see what happens. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I have one luck point left. I hate this man. <laughs> can you beat a 47? I don't bloody know, can I? What is your deceit skill? Doc, what is your deceit? Yeah. I, uh, my deceit is at a 55, so yeah, I can. Luck point, flip the 52. Luck point, flip to 52. There we go. I'm out of luck points. If anyone else needs me for anything, please reconsider. He looks a bit taken aback at just a flat... No. He has not broken any law. At all. Unless you count the fact that he's a vampire and we're illegal by nature, Your Honor. That's not illegal as far as I'm aware. 
That's why we have the vampire right side. I was joking more about how Edgar's a wanted man, but... Consider it a sarcastic comment if you really have to. Oh, hold on. Your Honor, I think the witness is in, uh, the witness is in contempt of the court. I'll wait for her to come back. Just opening a four. Door? Probably door. <laughs> yeah, I think she means door. No, and door. 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 Like, the I need door, and my hands are shaking. <laughs> I mean, sure, Echo, if you move around firstly. Yeah, Gethay looks a bit skeptical and says, Yes, Doctor, if you could refrain from using sarcasm. Sorry. That was uncalled for. So, to the best of your knowledge, Edgar Ross has not broken any laws since uh, since you uh, since you got to know. As far as you're aware, did he report his existence as a vampire to the proper authorities uh, when he was turned? No, no, I did not. No. Do you have any uh, any idea why he shows not to? I take the witness silence as a statement of, I don't know. Nope, this is me, stalling. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Would you know the reason why he didn't do it? That's what I'm trying to think. I mean, a logical There's assumption. There's a very, to make, very simple answer to why he wouldn't do it. I know, I'm just trying to think of how to word it. This isn't really my area, guys. <laughs> His mere existence is illegal. He shows up. <laughs> I believe it's because he was a wanted man trying to keep his head down. I see. I thought that was the very reason we were gathered here today uh, to assert whether uh, Edgar Ross should be a wanted man or not. So something in his life must have changed at this point since he suddenly decided to come forth. I believe uh, 
Wait. So you say that he didn't come forth because he was a wanted man? To the best of my knowledge, yes. And you are aware that not reporting yourself as a vampire is an illegal act. I am aware of that. But a minute ago, you said that, to the best of your knowledge, Edgar Ross has not committed an illegal act in these last two months. That's how you know you fucked up. How are we going to object? <laughs> I mean, I do feel bad for you, Echo, but what do you think would happen? Your Honor, the... Your Honor, the prosecution is asking questions only I would know the answer to. And is expecting the witness to know everything that is operating inside of my mind. I thought we were dealing with our character witness. Indeed. But she... Indeed. But asking about the intent of my personal actions is not necessarily a thing everybody knows. A character witness's whole point should be the... Should be about personal interactions they have had with this person and how they have been demonstrated. Your Honor, my point was simply that the witness has been lying. I recommend that we exempt everything she has said from the record uh, and note uh, that she has held this court in contempt. It sort of looks expectedly if there's any objections to that. How the fuck would we even <laughs> counter this? He is right. There's nothing wrong in his sentence. We could... There is a really, really bold defense we could make. <laughs> Time to wrestle. No, no, no. Like, Elias, there is an actual defense we could make, but it's so oh, no. risky. I'm not sure we could do that. I already did like it, but... We would basically have to claim... Uh, get ready for this. Madness? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Me, Your Honor, there is something higher that she is honoring right now. And let's be frank, she is trying to protect somebody she loves, if we make that accusation. That... Uh, I would not that is an actual defense people make. There are the occasions, but I'm not saying we do that yet. I'm not saying we do that, but that is an actual defense people can make. You say that they were doing that because there are some things higher than the law at times for people. But it's such a bold claim. It's such a bold claim. You can go for it if you want. No, it's not going to work. Uh... We have no evidence for that. I mean, unless you want Grace to say, it's true! Could uh, you, uh, we can't bring up Grace. 
I mean, we could. Nothing stops us. Uh, okay, okay, uh, thank you. Well, you know, Echo... Fuck All up. hands on deck. All hands on deck. We need to figure this out. Alright. Fix up, make it fun. Don't worry. We'll find a way around. It's an exciting problem to solve. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as me literally killing my character, just because that this is what he would do. In the very, in the very third session, yeah. <laughs> Alright. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, honestly, I still send by claiming madness. Wait a minute. Madness. We can recover this. Oh, how? Yeah, Rhonda can't say so, but you can definitely claim Madeline suffering from uh, madness if you want. Or, yeah, it's. Rhonda could... Elias, you make that claim. Edgar wouldn't do it, but you could do it if you really think it's the right call. It would, uh, it would just reset us. Everything she said just means nothing in this point. But think about it this way. What has she said that Twitter can say as well? Good point, good point. The only fear is that... Uh, no, I don't think that... Uh, it would validate the things he said that confirm with Twitcher, I don't believe. Alright, yeah. yeah. I'm probably gonna claim madness, but how are we gonna do it? We can't Rada. trigger an episode or anything. Edgar Elias is desperately oh, looking at Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah. do you have Rhonda, anything, anything at all? That's a mad long one when it comes to you have that. both ma uh, mentioned uh, love and madness i think uh, either could work to at least not have her be held in uh, be held in contempt uh it's really just a matter of how you want to twist it uh as, as you're pointing out it's sort of putting this one back at zero but it won't cost us if you can spin either of those indeed <sighs> go with love we can work this a bit to make Edgar more sympathetic. But if we go with Madness, we can basically just dismiss every bad thing she said. We would have to prove it, though, somehow, too. Elias would definitely vote for Madness. Wait, who's pointing at that? Okay, so you're pointing at Madness. Edgar's kind of like, uh. I don't like it, but it might be our one option, and there are other people who could testify to that. Love is easier to prove than madness. We need a psychologist. But it's easier to manipulate. Hmm. Hmm. I, I feel yeah. like love could still shoot us in the face somehow. But at least it's sympathetic. We could. I mean, there's nothing that's sympathetic about having a mentally ill person in our group. I mean, fair enough. But if we also, don't... I really hope Melly like... doesn't hear this. No, no, Madeline, this is Madeline is on the stand, so... This is out of character a bit right now, so we're just... Like, <laughs> can we prove this? Can we just... If I just boldface, you know, say it, say it to her... It would just Mad. be so easy to go, Your Honor, I apologize for the witness's behavior. 
you have to understand we have a relationship that's a bit more. Yeah, go for it. Desperately trying to defend me. Good work. Hello, GM. You're supposed to interfere. The GM can help. I mean, let me make that clear. (laughs) Never doubt the GM just wants to keep the ball rolling. All right, all right. Edgar would do this. Go for your laugh. Are you happy now? Your honor, I apologize for the witness's behavior. There's something that I haven't fully disclosed to the court. There is a uh, relationship between me and the witness that's a bit more ahem. Tug's color. Basically, what Edgar is trying to say, the Madeline laugh and says, thinking straight. I'm terribly sorry. I didn't foresee her going this far. It's completely a mistake on my part. It was a mis- uh, misjudging of how deep the love goes, apparently. It, it was a misjudgment on both of our ends. I completely uh, should have been aware of this fact and that it's uh, you know clearly got in the way of their witness. I hope this makes her behavior a bit more understandable to the court. I deeply, deeply apologize. It's slightly embarrassing for me. Edgar blushes and pulls down his hat. Since Elias is the lawyer and butted in with his own little speech there, I'll allow you to use his influence role. So we both have to sit. Both of us? Okay. So, so Eli- Elias, you can roll the influence. <sighs> Edgar, you don't have to roll. Cool. Uh, the judge sort of... She looks a bit frazzled at this. And she's like, well, no matter what we're judging here today, I think we can all agree that love is a beautiful thing and we do stupid things for love. We'll exempt uh, what Dr. Madeline Haraway has uh, said from the, uh, the records, but you will not be held in contempt. And then she beats the gavel. Edgar wipes his brow. Thank you. And Madeline, you're called uh, off of the stand because Edgar said he loved you. Essentially. Quickly, look behind me, trying to make eye contact with, trying to make eye contact, because I know Grace is in the crowd, just. Grace gives you two thumbs up. (laughs) And a big smile. And Talaman is sort of sitting beside her, just rolling her eyes. This is actually (laughs) the first time they did confirm that they loved each other. No, 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 don't get any ideas, boss. She's just eyeing you really, really strangely. Like, either that was well, the either... finest bit, either that was the finest bit of rapid-fire bullshittery that's ever been pulled off in a courtroom, or there's something else going on here. Silver tongue. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to keep the ball rolling, because we don't have long left. Uh, Nithya, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're called up next. Okay. 
All right, same procedure as last time. How do you know Edgar Ross? Uh, I, I, I met Edgar Ross uh, about a month after I moved into Australia. Uh, I bonded uh, mostly over. Uh, I, you see, I worked as a mechanic in Centralia, and he became uh, her first a recurring customer. And we eventually started hanging out. So, good man, good, good man to hang with. Uh, yes, I'm not helping him learn some Russian. Yes, and. Could you describe Edgar's character and give an example? The most... I forgot the word again. Yes, Edgar Ross, he is a trustworthy and upholding man, I would say. In my time working with him on a professional side, he has always been helpful and collaborative with his business. Always paid on time, which is nice. On the Camelot side of things, he was always friendly and outgoing, lonely. Sure, he had his like few moments of going, eh, but everybody does. But he's, he's a good man to be with, and he he goes nice. Yes. Right. Those are the easy questions out of the way. Now for the hard part. Yes. Uh, I'll need help again. All right. Uh, so first off, we got to confirm indeed what Madeline said before, but now for more trustworthy source. Can you describe <laughs> in more detail uh, your relationship to the defendant? Oh, that's uh, a good that's a good one to afford any further complications. Could uh, you describe the relationship to Edgar Ross? Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> As I stated before, we are both friends when it comes to business and also social hanging. Uh, I, I would drop by him fairly regularly. Uh, he was a, a good drinking partner when that was an option. <laughs> Not anymore. But uh, he, uh, as, uh, as I said, I, he had been a regular customer of mine. Good thing. Uh, I wound up helping me out a few times with, uh, as I said, language barriers between people. I... It's uh, that that is more for say a friendly back and forth thing. Uh, I, uh hmm, need more detail. Uh, oh. all right. I so what was the location to be had? We've been hanging. Yeah. He, he, he's just a good friend who gets stuff done well. <laughs> hmm. 
I really think it's mostly in the prosecution's court. It's uh, mostly how we defend against their attacks. Yep. Well, I mean, he's gonna I'll ask if I committed. Yeah, uh, prepare yourself for the same questions that were asked last time, and let's say prepare. <laughs> Just answer. say I have, and that it, and that one of them was don't, was it, uh, was not registering myself as a vampire for fear of being executed on the spot. Yes. <laughs> well, if you're done asking questions, Alfred comes up. How long, uh, Destakov, uh, have you known the defendant? Uh, I've known him for uh, the past few years. As I said, I, uh, I moved here back in, uh, I believe it was 2011, 2012. So a nice few, like uh, three, four years now. And has he ever, to your knowledge, engaged in any illegal activity? Uh, yes. Could you extrapolate on that? Uh, as we stated, yes, uh, he did indeed uh, not report himself upon becoming a vampire for fear of instant death. Execution, I should say. <laughs> yes, indeed. So... What changed to make him appear before court now? Uh, yeah. it should be, uh... Yeah, I believe it was that he uh, finally had the means and resources available to him and us uh, to get this range, the pieces were in place and it would have been not smart to not do it. So I I, I just want to make sure that me and the jury understands you correctly. You're saying that Edgar Ross waited until now to report himself because he thought for some reason that he'd now have a chance? In a court of law, you're not going to instantly be, uh, well, denied that. In here, he has a chance to defend himself, so he does have a chance. Good. Down. No further questions. Okay. Any other further questions for Bestatko? I think it's down to me. All right. Uh, good week at. Um, let's say this. How's the jury looking at this moment? Uh, if we're done with Desert Cub, uh, I'd actually like for Vitya, can you make an uh, influence roll? Okay. 
obviously succeeding here is good for you. Yes. Oh god, I still have both my luck points, so I can at least reveal once if I mess up. Uh, I'm I'm flipping that with a luck. You're flipping that, and uh, it's not a sort of big swaying arguments you presented here, but you come across as a sincere man, as a sincere friend, uh, more than anything else. Uh, you're a working and down uh, down to uh, down to earth man, and that's that's really the sense the jury is getting from you, and you think that's having a really positive impact. I'm a uh, people's people. Yeah, because it's sort of like uh, in the way, same way that you fool this whole group, it it sort of makes everyone thinking. Well, if he is their friend, he can't be that bad. That's <laughs> that, that's sort of the idea of planting into I'll the I love to tie in. But yes, you are able to return to your seat. And then it's, of course, Mr. Ross himself. If he wishes to testify. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> it's up to you. For the plot. Give me a copy of the Constitution, I'll swear. They present you with a copy of the Constitution. I swear, right. compare yourself with Jordan Adams again. No, no, this is just a thing I know Edgar Ross would do. I, Edgar Francis Ross, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. <laughs> what the hell are you two talking about? I think you just asked me to walk through everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's up to, you, up to you, Elias, what sort of question you want to ask. It's your trial. Eh, well, I can hardly ask you why you are no ethical Ross. Begin. Just ask. What did you do in the police force during the Vampire War? <laughs> just the whole story, I guess. Let's just go through the whole story. This is Edgar's chance to piece all the evidence together. I see you've got it prepared already. Yeah, I'm prepared for this. All right. Well, Edgar Ross, if you could describe the events that brought us all. Right. My side of the story, no longer the others. When we found out that one of the members of our crew was a vampire at the midst of the vampire wars, we had a long time to figure out amongst ourselves whether we thought that vampires deserve the rights of people. And, mo and a decent amount of vampires we helped on the streets were not in active, open rebellion like the ones the United States declared war with, but were law-abiding U.S. citizens. We gave them their constitutional rights. That's what we did. It's what we were supposed to do. That's an officer's job is first to the law and the supreme law of the land above all else. That's what we do. Edgar proceeds to go on to describe those 
cases one more time, piecing together how every one of them deserve that right to a trial, deserve that right to a chance to be given a fair shot, because they weren't being given that due to the war. Oh, it's a it's a lengthy speech. Uh, a few times, uh, Alfred is uh, going to raise objections at that point, just because he thinks you're going off on tangents. And then what happens? He almost, but then like just goes. Wait a minute. No, he 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 does raise a few uh, objections now and again. Uh, and uh, the judge will ask you to keep like each separate story brief. But that's the overwhelming point. Those people deserve their chance. I got. I was supposed to be executed due to extenuating circumstances involving that car. I was able to escape. And I admit, yeah, running away from the law is one thing, but. Self-preservation is a fundamental human is a fundamental human trait. Who can blame me for wanting to stay alive? Came to Centralia, got some work. Had to do things down be below the table and do operations, but I stayed within my principles. So I came to Centralia and did my and did as much as I could, waiting for the day I could finally give a trial and speak my side of the story, which I never got to do. Boss, questions are up to you. Um, what are the kind of questions you ask the defendants? No question is typically, you know, just like what do they do in the city. Like, how do they, they survive? Why have the trial now? What's on? Why didn't you know? Answer some of the questions the prosecution had. What changed in your mind? Uh, let's see. What are some of it? So open. Uh, we could actually clarify the crime so that that doesn't come back again. Let's see if we want to do that. Look, I didn't report myself to the. I didn't report myself for the vampire for those exact reasons as I stated. If I went in there, there is a decent chance that any police officer could have just removed me there immediately because I am a wanted man. And that would, and again, self-preservation, human desire. Didn't I wanted to be judged fairly because that's what my crew should have gotten, and they were never given that trial they deserved. And in addition, I had something to fight for, something to live for nowadays. Because I got the people I care about. Always had, I guess. Mm -hmm. If the situation would again repeat itself, would you still save those people, knowing what you do now? I would. It's the right thing to do. I never care what I get back in return or what happens to me. My job is to serve people and to help them. I want the most good for the most people. And I will do that 
whenever possible. It's why I make it's why I try to offer people things that they want and need. Because it helps them out. Alright. Do feel free to help me out. I get some things. Ronda. Rhonda? Uh, asking Rhonda for help. Yeah, if she knows any questions that I really overlooked. You seem to have covered most of it, I think. You did very well there, Elias. Yay! <laughs> Bring on the All prosecution. Right. I'm ready. Oh, you know. Here we go. You see Alfred Pearl, during this whole exchange, has put on a pair of reading glasses and he's looking through his notes and he's crossing things out, uh, reading things in, uh, writing a bit now and again. Uh, yeah, uh, Jackie Spee gives a cough. Does the prosecution have any questions? And Alfred Pearl looks up and goes, well, yes, uh, of course. Naturally. And uh, he rises and he takes off his reading glasses and flips them together, puts them in his pocket. Uh, he puts his hands in his trousers, uh, trouser pockets and um, approaches the stand to where he's just a few steps away from you, Eddie. And he gives you a really straight look. You're seeming to judge you and your character and all the facts that have been brought up up until now. There's really just one question I feel is really pertinent to ask you, Mr. Ross. Yeah. You keep bringing up your human nature and the desire to stay away and not be judged with a harsh punishment, which on some level I can understand even um, even extend some leniency towards. However, we all know that, and I'm sure you know as a former officer of the law, that law breaking is a slippery slope. So, since becoming a vampire, except for reporting yourself, which you have already adequately explained that you couldn't have done, are there any other laws that you have broken? Give me a second to internalize. That's such an open-ended question. It is. It's such an open-ended question. Okay. I mean, me is this even illegal to not know all the laws? Uh, yeah, it is actually a crime that you committed without knowing is actually something you get punished for. Yes. Okay. So, let's think about through everything I could have done. 
and let's see which one is probably the safest to admit. Uh, the time I had to kill the guy in the sewer because of the fact that it was self-defense and I didn't have a choice. I mean, there are probably a decent amount of charges of breaking and entering I've done. But, I think I've got something I might need to explain. Hey, everyone. Hmm? Should I confess to killing that one guy when Faith was in danger? <sighs> it would be self-defense. And in addition... I would be explaining how I rescued Faith, and you know who's on that court. It was on that jury. Yes. Mm. Could you? All right. He only asked which laws you've broken. So indeed, you could say no, manslaughter. Yeah. <laughs> you could admit to manslaughter. Give that as an example, and ignore all the other other examples. This would not be a lie. All right. Yes. All right, here we go. There is one crime I need to confess to, but I'm going to make, but I need to make sure that this is understood. <laughs> there is the chance that I may have committed manslaughter. I wish to explain. During... During an investigation for a case, a job I was hired to work as a private investigator. At one point, a person by, uh, do I know Faith's last name? Erickson. Faith Erickson was being apprehended by two, by two men who had invaded her apartment. I had arrived onto the scene, and I proceeded to kill one of those two men who were in the assault. I had to, I had to do it, the lives were in danger. That's what I'd like to confess to. I'm an honest man, and I believe the truth sets people free. Alfred Paul nods a bit at that then. Looks a little thoughtful. So, in the process of saving this woman, you ended up killing a man. She was being attacked. Possibly almost murdered. I understand. I have two further questions on this. The All first right. is Was the man you killed a uh, human or vampire? He was, in fact, human. Was the woman that you saved human or vampire? She was, in fact, a vampire. Indeed. No further questions, Your Honor. And he heads back. You're going to want me to roll influence, aren't you? Yeah, that'd help. 
I've been building Oratory that up. Oratory would be better if that's... Oh, I have Oratory. Oh, is it better? Let's go for it. Uh, I would pass if I luck point that to a 15. Got luck. We still have the group luck point, I think. No, I still have both of mine. Oh, both of it. I'd say yeah, this is will. not the time to save luck points. Yeah, spending it. Flip it. You spend it. And, uh, I mean, it's still really hard to tell whether Yuri is, uh, is swinging. Uh, there's a fair bit of argument. However, you, you're fairly confident that most of the people in the middle has probably been beginning to swaying towards your side, especially during the time where, where Elias questioned you. Uh, Alfred Pearl seems to have done a bit of undermining uh, with that with some of the questions he asked. But uh, it, it, it's definitely going your direction right now. But with that, of course, there are no further witnesses to be called. So it is time to make closing statement. And that's, as with opening statements, going to begin with Alfred Powell. Um, and Jackie offers him the floor. And he walks up and he brushes his hair back. Uh, you notice that while this has been intense for you, it's been quite intense for him as well. It's been a, a lengthy trial. He's done a lot of talking. There's a fair bit of sweat uh, 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 on his brow. He's clearly really in, uh, into the moment right now. And he begins. Your Honor. The defense, the urim, everyone present. I think that what we see before us today is a man who might serve justice, but it is very much his own justice and his own interpretation of justice. This man, Edgar Ross, I think more than qualifies for being a vigilante. Furthermore, he is a vampire vigilante who, as we have seen a tendency throughout the session, has time and time again gone out of his way to aid vampire. Um, whether those vampires have been law-abiding citizens or not, I'll uh, leave for wiser people to decide, yet there is a clear preference in the man's agenda leaning towards them. Uh, uh, towards them. Furthermore, there is the um, topic of deal making that we again have seen time and time again throughout this 
hearing comes up. Why are you here defending Edgar Ross? Well, he offered them something. Clearly, this is a man not unused, uh, unused to coercion. And while he might not use his vampire-given powers to do so, he is clearly not adverse to swinging his weight around. So, as I said, I do believe Edgar Ross here have a firm sense of justice. I do, you simply do not think that justice is the constitu constitution of the United States of America. Thank you. And he goes back to take his seat, offering this floor to Elias. All right. We have to consider these very carefully. One. We really have to tackle the deal making. Time and time again, Edgar does things for others. Not because he gives, but because he wants people to achieve, to get what they want. He believes in the win-win scenario. Second, friends help friends. That's what they do. To assume that it's all coercion and bribery is a big stretch, wouldn't you agree? Right? Yeah, yes. Again, innocent until proven guilty on this. He, he does these deals because he wants to benefit everyone involved. Here's that line. He doesn't believe the people are the problem. He believes the situation is the problem. Ooh. Fancy. Thank you, Nagel, for that quote. That's been really good recently. It's a good quote. Thank you, Chris. Sorry. Call out Thank to you. Chris Waltz. He's fantastic. He really <laughs> is. All right. Uh... So to recap. Oh, and uh, wait. Oh, yes. Do go ahead. Edgar didn't have a choice. If he wanted to keep doing the thing he's, he believes in, law and justice, of course he had to become an, a vigilante. He's outside of the law. Now that he's a law-abiding citizen, if he is found innocent, he plans to go become a lawyer as a defense attorney. Don't forget to mention that. <laughs> Hey, free advertisement. Why wouldn't I? I mean, it's a bit of an ad, but still, you have to point out that, like, this man wants to go back to the lawful world. He was forced into a situation where he couldn't. Well, I'm most certainly going to call you a victim of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Circumstances you try to save others from. Mm -hmm. There you go, buddy. Oh, my God. Get the summary and get ready for the roll. Uh, all right, so what do you have? Uh, um, the constant deal-making isn't just for personal gain, because as numerous examples show, he does care for these people and do, does give them more than 
is needed. What more was there? Um, I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's been a long session. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> good and shake. All right, so let's go. Da, da, da. Victim of circumstance. Yeah, victim of circumstances. And if he was legal, he would he, do it through the proper channels, do it legally. Probably he has to. A, mm -hmm. He showed a desire to do right by people and society. Strong sense of morals, if I can say that. Not sure if I can. Yeah. <laughs> and defender of the oppressed. No. No, no. It's a bit of a messy summary, but I think that's about it. Good thing I didn't have to write it into speech. Here we go. Give me that final roll of the evening, probably. <laughs> Community luck. Community yeah. luck. <laughs> yes, yes, of course Use I'm it. luck. Don't you worry. It just really made me laugh. I know. Uh, so anticlimactic. Come on. Oh, there we go. <sighs> Not better. So Elias steps up and he gives this rousing speak about you might call it vigilantism but this man had no other choice than to step outside the law to stand up for what he believed in and that was truth and justice and so what if he made a few deals around the way he constantly strived to make the situation better for everyone there was no situation brought up tonight where Edgar Ross was the sole beneficiary of the deal. He was clearly he was not strong-arming or forcing people into doing things. He was uh, simply doing the right thing of not putting people in danger without first making sure that they're safe and protected. And it's having a visibly effect, visible effect on the jury. Uh, even a couple of those, those who looked firm naysayers are looking like they'll at least consider this. They'll at least think about it. And the court adjourns for the jury to speak, uh, speak to each other uh, to figure out how the verdict is going to fall. There's a chance for you now to talk to each other or briefly, very briefly talk with that, uh, with, that, uh, with some of the NPCs if you want. But I'm asking you to hold this short because we, uh, the session is about to end. Elias, Vitya, Doc. The fact that they've taken this long to decide is a victory in and of itself for the world, but 
And I want you all to know, I love you all. No matter what I look like. Maybe, maybe, uh, don't we go the mustache? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Come here, you three. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Ross, you're a dick. Uh, <laughs> I actually dick. hate you quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't we'll get that. through this, buddy. Don't worry. You hug it out, hoping, of course, that Edgar goes free. And the court begins to reassemble. You notice that Alfred Pearl is not looking very confident. And uh, it, he, he, he looks as confident as you'd expect, I'd say. He doesn't feel like all of these landed firmly in his court. And just as you are feeling like uh, this is sort of hanging in the balance, he must be feeling that as well. And they reassemble. And Frederick Lum uh, stands up at one end of the podium. And he says, Before I am to deliver the verdict, uh, I just, we in the jury wanted to say some words since naturally this is rather monumental task that's been given to us. This is a one-of-a-kind case. So, I, I, I want you to know this. You're part of something quite spectacular here, everyone, and I'm glad to have this honor. It couldn't be avoided, I, I suppose, but even without Free, uh, without freedom to quite choose what he could have done. Edgar has done what he could to bring justice and truth anyway. Anyway, he has struggled and fought. And some might say that he had done some things very poorly or even mishandled, but he has still realized the vision he set out to to do, and I think that's that's something we should commend him for. And therefore this jury has decided to judge him not guilty. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank God! You can breathe again. Come on. Yeah. 
I can and smell the sweet air of freedom. There is a great uproar in the whole courtroom. Uh, you know these Renaissance pictures of uh, whole uh, courtrooms uh, coming up in uh, uproar to yell at each other and to uh, almost uh, almost fight. They don't quite break out into fights here, but there's there's a lot of yelling and arguments breaks out throughout them. Uh, Alfred Earl beats the gavel uh, for order, uh, naturally, and after, after quite a great while, quite a few people have to be uh, escorted out. Jacky uh, Space says, Congratulations, Edgar Ross, it seems like you'll be a free man. Thank you, Your Honor. Good to be a law-abiding citizen again. All right, let's go out back now. <laughs> it looks like you may leave now a free man. Case dismissed. <laughs> <sighs> All is right with the world. Do you? <laughs> paid off I, I quickly have to go find uh jeffrey and just give him just give him a hug in victory we've brought justice to our old crew this is a monumentous day uh, as you do that throughout the hubbub and uh the uh, and the uh, and the movement there is a brief moment where the four of you are, toge are together and you pass uh, Frederick Glum and he gives you a wide smile as he, uh, as he passes you. Do, you, you do see uh, now with that smile uh, beneath the mustache that he's a vampire. Uh, um, and in the briefest passing before he's gone uh, with, uh, within the crowds, he says, I'm also proud of you, children. Congratulations, Edgar Ross. You won your trial. Now what am I gonna do? I'm still stuck here. Don't get back back. I'm just... washed up. I'm gonna be trapped in this city forever. No way out. There's that rumor of the escape, but I mean, I have the mobile unit. We could try finding it, but there's no way they're gonna be able to find that place. Well, looks like I have to go back to the studio. Come on.
Mon K2. Let's get out of here.